An Instagram post gets an unexpected boost. A TikTok catches in the algorithm. Sometimes that's all it takes to launch someone into internet fame. But then what? This Blew Up is a new podcast documentary that reveals how social media stardom is made. It's a different kind of fame that's not always as glamorous as it looks. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, I'm Alyssa Bereznak. You can listen to This Blew Up on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee, and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem. Sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff, with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of reals always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. Welcome to Jam Session. I'm Juliette Littman. I'm Amanda Dobbins. And today we have a special guest, my bachelor party co-host, Callie Curry. Callie, welcome. Hello. I'm really happy that you took the lead there because I was about to just jump in and say I'm Callie Curry. <laughs> I thought I was supposed to follow the leader there. No, that's this is a different podcast. Callie is here to discuss the part two, episodes four, five, and six, but really all of Harry and Meghan, the six-part I won't call it a documentary, but a series, a special on Netflix. And Callie has a very different relationship to the royals than Amanda and I do, which is to say, Callie, how many royal weddings have you watched? Zero. <laughs> God bless. <laughs> how many of Elizabeth's children can you name? Elizabeth's children? Yeah. yeah. Do you know who that is? I know who Elizabeth is. Okay. <laughs> I, that wasn't asked with judgment. Like, let me let me just say straight off the bat. Like, I respect this deeply. You have spent your life well and with purpose and have not wasted your time on this nonsense. Elizabeth's children. We have Charles. Yes. Bingo. I'm guessing here. Someone's named Philip. Yeah. That's that was, her husband. That was a husband. Okay. <laughs> That's Can I give you a hint? I Can this I give you a hint? This is good, though. In a lot of ways, you're making the point of many yes. people in the family. Please give me a hint. Does she have a daughter? 
She does yeah. have a daughter, but that wasn't the hint. The hint is another one of her sons is a former oh, friend Andrew. of Jeffrey Epstein. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Andrew. there we go. Yeah. Who um, is not even mentioned in the documentary, though one of his daughters is in it. And I see I think you see Fergie. There's a there's a shot of Fergie, his ex-wife, who he still lives with at the Royal Lodge in like separate rooms. Is Fergie supposed to is Fergie supposed to be the one where they're like, maybe we should not handle press the same way as we have in the past and then they like flash to a picture of an old woman and I was like who's that um, um no I think that was Diana <laughs> no 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 I know Diana I know, I, know, I know Diana by the way that's probably where most of my knowledge comes yeah. from yeah is Diana I think that that is like is common has anyone in your family met Diana she liked Americans what she liked Americans so. and she liked American culture. That's why I asked. And, and she liked Americans. Of course, we have a Christmas ornament that is Princess Diana wearing a Eagles jacket, which is a real thing that happened, like a Philadelphia Eagles jacket. My husband's from Philly. No one cares. Anyway. I will ask, but I feel like that'd be something that came up. My yeah. mom likes watching. My mom likes history in general, loves history. She got her master's in history. So she knows Does she all consider of this, this history, though? I mean, she can just name everything. Like if I'm okay. like, oh, who's that? Whose father is that? Or who's whatever? She knows all of it. So we, we should have asked her to join us as well. But anyway, we're happy you're here because you don't know. Because you and I were chatting just casually about the show. And we have totally different perspectives. And Amanda is a third here. And I, I just wanted to like chat about it. I found everything you had to say really interesting. And yeah, I mean... Let's just dig into it. We started last time by doing our tweet length review of episodes one through three. So let's do the same with four, five, six. Amanda, what's your tweet length review of part two of Harry and Meghan, a Netflix series? I don't know why I've named it that, but carry on. I, it's just a, a sigh, just like a, mm. a, a like a, a fatigue and 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 of of sadness and of questioning how I've spent my own life and <laughs> and feeling for most of the people in this that this is how they're spending theirs. It's, it's I wouldn't say I left like feeling joy for myself or on behalf of anyone else, you know, kind of a bummer. Callie, I don't, I'm not sure if that was tweet length. Yeah, sure. Well, the tweet <laughs> length is a sigh. <laughs> my review of four, five and six would be sad, informational, and it kind of like, like sparked something in me mm. to make me hate the Royals. Well, I think that's a very justifiable mm -hmm. opinion, which I mentioned this to you offline, but I think over the years, Amanda and I have kind of like come to share that we started from a place of glee. I think we now Amanda, I don't mean to speak for you, but I believe we both feel exasperated and like disgusted by a lot of what's transpired over the last few years. But, uh, you know, I think it's hard. It's hard to give up on the Anglophilia altogether, but I wouldn't say any of it is directed at the royal family anymore because I I agree with you. Like, I felt really like I was dreading watching this. Sorry, let me let me let me answer my own question. My tweet length review is. Thank you. Next. Okay. Yeah. Like, like I'm done here. Like this, the, I think one thing for me is that they really like, we mentioned this last week. They're like politicians. They have an agenda and they fucking pursued it. I was not prepared for how much of these six hours would be about Thomas Markle, Megan's father, which like 
just suggest, I mean, and that's like tied into the fact that like a, the lawsuit where the daily mail reprinted her letter to her father was like such an important part of this, which I understand a little bit more now because the, the documentary revealed that they specifically believe Williams press office leaked it, which I didn't know before, but like he is not interesting. Thomas Markle is not famous. Most people like will never speak or think about him ever again. And I was just like, wow, like they really have grievances to address, which I totally understand. But I also was just like, I am good on all of these storylines for the rest of my life. I feel like I kind of needed a little bit of it because like I heard kind of rumblings of everything, right? Mm -hmm. So I wouldn't say I came into this doc with like zero information, but definitely not like well-read at all. The only thing I had heard was that her and her father did not have a relationship. I thought they had never had a relationship. Mm. And then after watching this, obviously you find out they had a pretty normal relationship until she started dating Harry, which is insane. Right. I I guess, I, I, I think it's like, it's very, it, I feel like this documentary made me feel bad about questioning Megan and Harry because of like the oh, terrible treatment it. they've gotten. But I also like, I just have questions about that. Like Megan kind of evades the answer of like, what was your relationship like with your father before? Like, she's like, you know, it's like a regular relationship. And I don't really know what that means. And so I think that like another reason why I'm like, I'm done here is because I just think that like the Royal family is undeniably like bad and treated them really terribly. And the monarchy should probably be mon- abolished. But I also think that like Harry and Meghan are not reliable narrators. And so I just feel like so you don't trust it. Not completely. No. And there's like a few there's a few reasons why. Amanda, you're you're taking this all in. What do you think? I agree. Like, I don't trust it either. But also, I think watching this six hours and then honestly talking to you, Callie, and talking to our producer, Jade, both of whom are have not followed the Royals as closely. And again, let me just tell you how much I commend you for that. Um, I was just like, why does this matter? Like, why Why have I spent so much of my life on this? And like, I, it's, it, it's exhausting. And I think that something that you both said, which is that you didn't know this much about the story and about like the Royals and how all that works. And so, and that this was informational, as you said, Callie. And like, that's interesting to me because I have been sort of like, why are they doing this? Like, why are we doing this again? And I kind of get it now. And like, maybe I think it was like a good strategy from them. They, They have been treated horribly by the media. They very much want their own version of events out. They did this on their own terms. Like, okay, I like, I get it. And if I thought that now we can all just like, you know, go forward with our lives, then I would be like, it it was just going forward with our lives from this point and that they would be going forward with their lives. I'd be like, okay, I got it. Closure, whatever. I, there's one scene, I can't remember which episode it's in, where Harry and Meghan are doing like media, like based meditation. They're doing like a guided meditation. meditation. Yeah. And, and it's like, and the meditation that they're doing is like, I will remember that I can't control the media and that what other people think of me is like, not Not what matters. And like, it's not who I am and what I can do. And I thought that was like possibly one of the saddest things I've seen on TV in like the last. Yeah. And she was weeping for sure. And she's weeping. And I'm just like, Oh, like, 
you guys are still struggling with that like so deeply that and and you haven't internalized it and you got to go through this intense and and that it, I was just like wow what a mess like what a mess that we've all created and like been a spectator to that doesn't seem resolved and I feel really bad about it and yeah well there's what a couple of I, I do feel bad about it I still think it's really weird to do that on camera but sure I get yeah it sh- I'm fine that she needed it. I mean, I think well, it's also hard to wrap our head around and maybe not you guys since you guys have followed it for so long. There's an incredible difference between like our tabloids and their tabloids. Our tabloids yeah. can be bad. Their tabloids are like not livable at this, at at the cadence that they were going with Megan and Harry. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Well, I think Amanda, I think both of us, like, like that in the Cali, that scene where they're doing the guided meditation on camera. I think that's like a perfect like encapsulation of sort of like two inherent contradictions in this whole show. One is is like about fame, which is they're turning to guided meditation and other coping strategies, which I commend and I think many people could benefit from to like to like re to to tune out the noise. So like they're doing that a lot about like self-identity, but also their relationship to fame. And it's like, if you really don't want the media to harass you and you also don't, you don't believe the gospel that Harry was taught that like you need to be on the front page of a newspaper to benefit your charities, then I would say there are other ways to, to avoid that and to evade it, which is to like more, more to step back more and to like, you know, not do press and approach your charity in a different way. So like, I think that's why I get really irritated. And the other contradiction that I I read a really good editorial in The Guardian by a woman named Nazarene Malik. And she is one of like several British people who've pointed out that like the other inherent contradiction is that they were hoping that like Megan would bring about change to the monarchy and like make it a more equal and m- more quote like modern monarchy. But like monarchy is so inherently retrograde and anti-democratic that like you actually can't have it both ways. And so I think a lot of British people, particularly I I read like a lot of um, both tweets and essays by British women of color talking about like how that's just fundamentally impossible. Like it's, you can't really move the monarchy forward while also having the monarchy. You can move it forward, but you can't make it like, you know, progressive. So it's just really that's and that's where like the narrator thing comes in for me where I'm just like, well, we can't trust you people because you're like you want to have it both ways. But now I sound like the media, too. So I don't know. It's complicated. Yeah, it is complicated. I did think during the episode, I'm like, you guys hate media, hate media, hate media. But then they like kept doing things in the media. <laughs> so yes. I get that point of view, like her New York Times article about having a miscarriage while I was like very important. Right. Lots of people need to hear that. Yeah. But what do you think is going to happen by you doing that? You know that if you put anything out in the media, the media is going to respond to that media, which means more media for you, someone who wants no media. (laughs) It's really like reassuring to hear you say that. Because like at a little bit, I've consumed so much of this that I'm just like, I'm like, how can I make them understand that? You know, I'm like, is it me? Like, and and you came in and watched the documentary and we're like, or the, or the show and we're like, okay, they need to, if they don't want the media, they need to maybe cool it with the media a bit. Thank you. Yeah. I, I the feel only, saner. The only thing that I would give them a break on is because like a lot of people are also like, why would you do this Netflix special where you're inviting people in and you don't want anyone to comment on your life? But like, if you do a documentary, 
about yourself, people are going to comment on your life. Like that's literally what you're signing up for by doing this. But I think it's their main source of money. Yeah, yeah. they needed the yes, money. Yes, correct. Yeah, which it I, is. So, and, I and they I needed to pay for. for the security, which like is documented, I think, very compellingly in this in this show. And some of the starkest and most memorable stuff for me was like either the footage of them in on Vancouver Island, the footage that they're taking from the house of all of the boats surrounding the island, which you know is we like we talk about how paparazzi photos are taken and that like we know it like quote unquote but when you actually see the footage it's like it's still jarring pre- still pretty jarring to me yeah i agree and then and then you know at the moment when megan talks about not having security receiving death threats like worrying about what's going to happen to her children who are asleep at night I, like and she is emotionally overcome. And I found that really affecting. Like, and I was like, that is that is scary. And I get it. So, and, you know, security, it costs like a lot of money and they do live a different life than we do. So I, like, Callie, I think you're right. Like, they need money. But that's why it For, makes me sad. Because like, this, yeah. is, this is like what they, like all they can do. I will say, while they do need to make money, I did look up their house and it was $15 million. So they're doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> For all their flaws and strategy. And by the way, we need to just, we'll come back to their house because one of the controversies is that like their sit down interviews are filmed at a different house, which is so fucking dumb. Anyway, I don't think it's dumb, but we'll come back to it. No, the controversy is dumb. Not that yeah. they filmed at a yeah. different house. They shouldn't film at their house. Yeah, we're all agreed. Anyway, their sadness is palpable. Like her sad, her crying during the meditation, her sadness during uh, during being scared. I think also the juxtaposition of her doing the now, I think, regretted interview in South Africa where she talks about like that she was glad someone asked if she was okay versus yeah. her comfort sitting in this home in front of the camera. Like, you know, I think for that year, we saw Megan looking so uncomfortable that I like took for granted what that looked like. And then seeing her like relaxed and happy in a space where she really clearly felt safe versus what she looked like when she felt unsafe was like really jarring. And like, I'm, I'm happy for her that she found that. Yeah. And then his sadness is just like really, uh, really yeah. sad. I, he, Kelly's I, I making like the grimace emoji, which I also feel the exact same way. It's just, it's, it's dark. What's going on I don't on feel like him. his sadness is as like physical. Like you can't, you like seeing her cry. I'm like, oh, she's actually sad. But you can like you can see his sadness in his eyes. He's just like gone. They both lost family members, but he, you know, especially because his his mother died when he was young, was really like I think it, probably his extended family and his grandparents and his cousins were like a really big part of his life. And now they're mostly gone. I mean, also like you know, I lived far from my family for several years, like three thousand miles away, and I spoke to them on the phone every day, basically, and like was really close with my family, and I still miss them a yeah. lot. He doesn't speak to them, and he is two continents away, so it's like just sad—a continent and an ocean, I should say. Another thing that I thought was so noticeable about him is so we were talking a bit before we started recording about like the the photo after a baby is born, you know, and like the the royals traditionally do it on the stairs, but Harry and Meghan did a photo call and and. I have we all have a lot of thoughts about that but they play the video footage of Harry and Meghan and Archie taking photos and Harry looks so happy like he is just like filled with this like 
irrepressible he's beaming. joy. It's he's yeah. beaming. It's really like a it, I was like very moved by it. And that is just like gone, you know? He just and and that also made me really sad. I mean, I'm really close with my siblings. It seemed like they were close at yeah, they some were. point. It would be hard to wrap my head around. Like if I'm Harry, I would just be like, wait, like you're choosing this? And I yeah. think he tries to explain. He's like, I think I can get it. Like that's, a, that's his inheritance and blah, blah, blah. That's all he knows. But I'm like, no, Harry, that's all you knew too. Like you mm-hmm. guys came up the exact same way. You gave it up. Like, and I don't think he's even asking him to like give it up for his wife. He's saying, can you acknowledge what's happening here? Can you not make it worse? Can you stop actively attacking like we don't want the headlines. There's no need for you to be jealous. Also, like you were born first, bud. You have nothing to worry about. <laughs> it's Why true. are we in competition? You're the you're going to be the king, not me. And one, there's nothing I can do to take that from you. And two, I don't fucking want it. Right, right. And I think also she made a good point, which I thought was one of her most compelling moments. Was when you know she's gotten a lot of blame for like Harry leaving the family and like for the rift between him and William. But she makes a good point, which is if he wasn't already like pursuing his own path, he wouldn't have been interested in her. Like if he wanted Will's life, he would have picked someone that was more palatable to his family. I thought that was, I I think that's like really true of a lot of relationships where like the woman gets blamed for the man's decision, but it's like, it takes two. She's not like hypnotizing him. Well, from watching this documentary and as someone who knows nothing, I thought at age 13, he was ready to go. Yeah. I think yeah. Well before, well before he met Megan, it looked like he was over it after his mom passed away and a couple of years after that when he kind of saw like oh this is what this is what she's running from like this is what my life is going to be it seemed like he was running from it like he went to the navy army navy army 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 went went to the army went to africa for like it wasn't for like a short little stint his brother was not doing that like he no. was it seemed like he was actively trying to get away for as long as possible that's a good point, though. So William was in the Royal Air Force, uh, RAF, mm-hmm. and they always used the they always gave the reason that the re- that he left the military and like didn't pursue active duty because he was the heir, and so like if something happened to him, it would be a problem for the line yeah, of succession. Monarchy. Yeah, but like, is that true? I, or- well, I mean, I, like I do think it goes for both of them. Like the lack of will power, not will, like will <laughs> and choice. Yeah, I think also the fact that neither of them really has any choice in any of this is, like, notable. And, you know, Harry was supposed to do one thing. Like, their lives were kind of, like, mapped out for them. And they didn't even have choice about, like, how they would, like, grieve their mother, you know? It just kind of gets pretty strictured for both of them. And Harry did figure out how to do something different. And I like, I think your point that his frustration that Will is just like going along with it. This whole family is like, that's sort of the thing that no one else is even willing to question whether this makes any sense for them, much less whether the monarchy makes any sense, which it doesn't. It's fucking absurd. I don't think that Will is just going along with it. It seems like he's playing yeah. an active part in making it as worse, like as bad as possible for them. Yeah, I no, that- I, th- I think that that's, that seems true. And it seems like they really, really don't like each other and feel like betrayed by the other. This leads into an important moment that I I wanted to talk about, which is they, I I don't know if you guys noticed this, but in episode six, 
the footage of them following them after the Oprah interview was like noticeably different to me. I was like, did you guys bring in a different camera crew for this? Like specifically for the doc or like what was going on there? And then it kind of, it leads up to the moment where Harry gets the text from William and then they, and they get off the phone with Tyler Perry and they like, they sit with it for a minute. And what was going on there, Amanda? I No, I noticed it too. I mean, I have some questions about at some point, the documentary crew is definitely like taking footage. You can tell like when they signed the Netflix deal and agreed to do this and when the cameras show up, you know, and like that's pretty fascinating. Though I had some real questions about who was there taking all the professional photos as they're moving out of the UK, you know, and there's a lot of stuff that's not one of them and that definitely looks like a practiced photographer taking the photos. Yeah, like her in the van or in the the SUV going to the airport after they're... Yeah, after yes. the engagement. And yeah. I'm just like, I don't think timeline-wise that this documentary was lined up at that point. So I'd love to know who was taking those photos. But yeah, the thing where they get the text from his brother, they won't even say William's name, which is amazing. And I like have wondered whether it's like that thing where uh, like the politicians don't like say their opponent's name, you know? But then they very clearly are like, okay, we have to decide what to do. Like, this is not a thing that is going to be done in front of cameras. Like, it's like yeah, very or- much negotiated and not, which is interesting. And, you know, I don't know how much of that is sibling stuff, how much of that is like trying to not, to only like make certain charges against the royal family or, you know, to kind of toe the line between what they want to say and what they don't want to say, but it was notable. Yeah, and I also I I also think that they don't want to be William and Kate. Like, yeah, I think you can tell. I thought in four through six, like I could feel Megan's hatred towards mm-hmm. all of them. Yes, and I and even like when things were happening, like she's like, I don't want to say anything about your brother, but like it is like we know what's happening here, and I feel like it must be a point of contention where he is like, we're not doing that. We're not saying stuff about them because you could yeah. see that she was trying to like hold back from that. I was interested in how they also went out of their way to say nice things about Charles and he's really not in it very much. They give him credit for finding the gospel choir and they, the they they do give him credit but Harry is just swallowing <laughs> it down. Like well that she, has been independently reported to the point where like they have to say it but like he's not happy about it. No, but he's they like go out and of my their father, way, you know? Yes. They go out of their way, though, to talk about Queen Elizabeth and King Charles Mm -hmm. in ways that, like, won't blow things up further. But with William, they do not do that. And, like, I just... Wait. I guess I didn't... Can you help me understand why they felt like they had to say stuff about Charles? I think because... I Well, my impression of this, I don't think it's, like... I think this is up for debate, so I'm curious what Amanda thinks. But my impression, based on 4, 5, and 6, is that they blame William for breaking, like to, for fully damaging Megan's relationship with her father. That was the impression that I got based on how they think that William was a participant in some of the stories specifically related to the letter that was, was published without permission. And I think that they also need money from Charles in a way that they don't need money from Will. Charles is really, really rich. You inherit you inherit a certain amount of money when you become the Prince of Wales, second in line to the throne. And Charles, like, like 10x or more the size of his inheritance, which now passes down to William. But like, he just has like, he has money that they need. That's another part of my impression of it. Amanda, what do you think? Yeah. I, so 
Callie, this was all filmed before the queen died, which is like another thing that's important, both to Juliet's point of like, they need money. They they don't. I still think that they think somehow, maybe not reconciliation, but like they're not willing to completely cut ties. They think that like somehow on some level, some, some of this can be worked out which I find kind of sad, but I think they're trying to keep some lines of communication open. And then I do also think, you know, Harry's mother died when he was very young. The The queen represents represented for him, like, you know, family. And so it, it, at some point, you're just kind of seeing like a guy working through not being able or like not having his family anymore. And so the queen was his connection point family-wise, I think. And Charles sort of. And... William, he's just pissed at in sort of a sibling way that I think, I don't know, I don't have siblings, you both do, but it does seem to me like it's a lot easier to just get extremely pissed at a sibling because you're not working through all of the parent stuff that you're working through with a parent or a grandparent. It's a different kind of betrayal. It's like you share an experience that only your siblings can understand. And so when they like, when they, you know, basically sacrifice their relationship with you, I think it's a different type of betrayal than like your parents being bad parents. Right. I feel like it's worse. I think I so like too. sibling is worse. Yeah. Because you're supposed to like be on each other's side and you yeah. know, a lot of siblings fight, but they also were literally trauma bonded, like losing, losing their right. mother and like the attention that they had as kids. So it's just really, it's just really sad. But I, yeah, I mean like, I don't, I, I believe the rumors that have come out that like Will and, and Harry are like done with each other. Why wouldn't they be? Yeah, no, I believe it too. I believe it just off of this freaking documentary. You yeah. can tell that they're that they're done. But I I when I watched it, I was with my mom and I was like, "Wait, so he really likes Charles?" And I was like, "Isn't Charles not great? He sucks." Yeah. Wait, no, not Charles. Fuck, not Charles. Philip. Philip. That's his grandfather, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like I was like, "He really likes Philip?" And my mom was like, "That's what he's saying." And I'm like, "But isn't that weird?" Like I thought Philip wasn't great. The only other thing I was thinking is that from based off of my extreme knowledge of the crown, Philip also, at least like historically, doesn't seem like he's like follower of all rules. So maybe there is a chance that he could just be like, fuck it, I'm giving him money. I don't care. Philip is an asshole. And I think as a result, he gets away, he got away with a lot because people knew he was an asshole. He said really crass and mean and racist things. And it was sort of like, it's kind of like when you're known to be that, people are less surprised by it and don't pretend otherwise. And so I think that as a result, it was sort of like, oh, that's my grandfather. He's He says ridiculous things. Mm-hmm. Also, I mean, my picture of my personal vision of Philip is completely influenced by Tobias Menzies' portrayal in seasons three and four of The Crown. I love Tobias Menzies always and forever. So that's where I, that's kind of... And, and then I read a lot of, of many of his quotes after his passing. Like the Times have like a whole speech about, or a whole... At an article of like some of the just unbelievable things, unbelievably offensive things that he said. So that's also why that's like top of mind to me. But that gets to the monarchy, right? Like Philip is someone that they all kind of like agree to laud. And of course, I think when someone passes, it's kind of easier to focus on the good stuff. But that's like the problem with the family is like Philip is someone that they like agree to celebrate together. Prince Michael, Princess Michael of Kent or whatever, the one who wore the racist brooch, like she's still invited around, like, and that's sort of like 
at the heart of this, like, I think one of the reasons that they're at a stalemate is like Megan and Harry said it several times. Like they are like coming to terms with the fact there will not be an apology. And they like thought for some reason that there would be. What were you going to say, so Callie? Big, big note, Philip passed away. Yeah. yeah. I didn't, I didn't know that part. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Dur- during, during COVID. So he can't be giving him any more money. Though I think there was a rumor that like, Philip did have some of his own money and he like left some to, well, to Harry so as well. you're saying Charles could give him money. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't think Charles is giving him money. Yeah. And then the tricky thing is that when Charles dies, the money goes to William. And then he's definitely getting, he's definitely not that. giving him money. I mean, you never know, but do you think, I don't know. I guess like if you're Harry and Meg outside of like these, like, like, wh- like wh- where's your next check coming from? I, I don't know. And I have wondered this speaking engagements. Uh, I'm sure they can make a lot off of those. They have another Netflix doc, which is announced today. What is it? It's a documentary series about like, I don't know, like great figures like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and Brian Stevenson and okay. people like that. Are they hosting? No. Okay. They're producing. <laughs> but also <laughs> he has a novel coming out. Maybe Callie will read. I mean, a memoir, excuse me. Certainly yeah. not a novel. I'd prefer a novel. Harry has a memoir coming out. <laughs> this episode is brought to you by eBay Authenticity Guarantee. You'll know real when you get it. It'll say eBay Authenticity Guarantee and you'll feel it. Maybe it's a head-turning handbag, a watch that says it all, jewelry that makes you look like the gem, sneakers and streetwear so fresh, every step feels fly. When it comes to style and luxury, eBay gets it. They're making sure the things you love are checked by experts. Not just any experts, specialized experts, real people who love this stuff with real hands-on authentication experience. So when you see that shiny blue checkmark that says Authenticity Guarantee, shop with confidence. Every inch, stitch, sole, and logo is verified authentic through a detailed inspection. That's how you know that eBay's got your back. Because when you finally step into those sneakers, put on that watch, get your real gold glow up, swing that handbag over your shoulder, or step out in that streetwear, you'll realize that feeling is unlike any other. With eBay Authenticity Guarantee, you can trust that feeling of real is always in reach. Ensure your next purchase is the real deal. Visit ebay.com for terms. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Can we talk? Tyler Perry of it all. First of all, I'm pretty sure that the house they stayed in, Amanda, I think that's the house that JLo and Ben Affleck are currently staying in. Someone DM this to me, but I think Tyler Perry's house is sort of like celebrity safe house where okay. when you need somewhere to stay in LA. And do you think that it's, so it's still owned by Tyler Perry and he's in conversation with Jennifer Lopez and Ben Affleck? 
Someone DM that to me after we did our pod about the 73, okay. vid- 73 questions video. And I was looking really hard at the patio. Okay. And look, it looks a lot alike. It well, looks a lot so alike. We also, during the 73 questions, we posited that that's not actually where Jennifer Lopez lives. So maybe it was loaned out just for Vogue. Someone told me that they're staying there while their house in Bel Air is like redone or whatever. Okay. Well, I so, would believe it. Based off of Tyler Perry's interviews, he seems very open to just... Yeah. Seriously. Like, not only did he let them live there, he also flew them out on, like, I, I'm i not sure if people understand, like, that was not a normal private plane. Okay. <laughs> Tell us more. Tell us everything. Like, a normal private plane from where they were in Canada, which I assume is closer to Toronto, right? Or wait, were they on the no, east or west side of Vancouver. Canada? They were, no, Vancouver, they were in Vancouver. Right? Okay. I was going to say, I, th- I thought I heard Vancouver. So, let's say it's like a three-hour flight maybe from LA, maybe four. Mm-hmm. That's probably one way around 35, maybe a little bit more because it's international, 35, 40K, right? Okay. One way. Okay. For just like a regular. <laughs> just a regular seater. real housewives trip. Just Kyle yeah, showing out. Eight to 10 to 12 seater jet. The shit that they were on, which I assume is his plane. I can't it definitely like, I mean, that plane was in a very, very, very nice private plane. Like, can't, I can't overstate how nice the plane was. Does Tyler okay. Perry own that plane and then people, like, rent it from him? Like, how does the finances and the, like, logistics of a private plane work at the Tyler Perry level? I don't know how much he's worth, but it's based at least on, a billion. At least a billion. I was going to say, based on this plane, he's doing really well. Yeah. I mean, he's one of the most successful people in Hollywood of all time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so yeah, but no, most people that own their own planes like that um, usually don't rent them out. They'll just like let people use them. And usually (laughs) like there is some weird tax thing where you have to pay for gas. But like a lot of times you can get around that and just like pretend you paid for gas, but you didn't actually pay for gas. But gas is also not cheap. But it'd be like they they would have to pay like 5,000 for gas. And it's really... The, the plane ride was $100,000. You know what I mean? Right. So I mean, bad. if Tyler did, Perry's worth, worth a billion dollars and he's like getting simple compounding interest, I guess he can just, you know, he, he can afford it. No problem. Yeah, yeah. But also beyond the plane, I was just shocked by how nice it was. But then he moves him into his house and then like every single thing that they need, he's like, oh, all right, well, let's just put more cameras up. Let's build you a whole fence. A new fence. Let's put up, let's put up hedges. Let's like, I was just like, wait, what are they yeah, paying for these upgrades? And they've never met. Never <laughs> met. And he seems like his interviews didn't seem like I'm doing this for fa-. Like, it seems like I'm on this documentary because they asked me to be here. I right. do not need to do this. Like, yeah. it didn't seem like his intentions to me did not seem like I'm doing this for even in the GMA when they were like, we heard like he kind of was just like, yeah. oh, I can't hear you. Like, was just that trying was to funny. like move on. Like, he's not trying to, like, get a lot of credit for this. I don't think Tyler Perry does anything he doesn't want to do. That's the impression I get about Tyler Perry. And I have to say, I I haven't seen a lot of his work, but I follow him pretty closely as a celebrity because I find him, like, just so interesting. And he seems to be just doing what he thinks is right, which I honestly really admire. A ton of respect for it. Yeah. A ton. I'm just, like, kind of concerned that I don't have a Tyler Perry in my life. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Question. Of the big three that are mentioned in this documentary as close personal friends of Megan, 
and I guess Harry, but really Megan, who are reaching out to her to express their support between Tyler Perry, Beyonce, and Oprah. Who are you most interested oh. in being your friend? No, Serena. Well, Serena's like, they're like legitimately really close friends. Like, I, you know, she's Serena's in the documentary briefly. I just but think she's that, I, yeah, yeah, I think she she predates some of the Harry stuff, I think. And so yeah. this is sort of like new friends. Which of which okay, of Megan's okay. new friends are you most interested in having for yourself? I'll just tell you, for me, it's definitely Tyler Perry. There's there's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just because of his house. I just think I'd love to know more about him in his life. And also he he loves theater and so do I. I think it's a close call for me. Okay. I think it's Tyler Perry, but mine is very much because of his playing in his house and how generous he is. <laughs> sure, and yeah. I, I'm just like... Right. You do move a lot. So his his uh, real estate holdings yeah. could be good for you. Amazing. He's just next. Also, like, think about it. Getting traded in the middle of the year. Like, hey, Tyler, do you have a house here? Can I just chill for like six <laughs> months? I promise you'll get it back. We're only here for six more months. It would be really convenient. But I would say a close, close, close runner-up for me is Beyonce. And I am not even like some diehard Beyonce fan. I am Rihanna till I die. I hope everybody mm-hmm. knows that. Yeah. But the reason why Beyonce would be a close second, because I legitimately think that nobody knows anything about her. So Agreed. I would, I would, it, I think it would be interesting to know who the real Beyonce is. It's funny My- you say that they should take a page out of Beyonce's book, but they don't want to. Yeah. I was going to say Oprah, just in case anyone was wondering, because I also think that Oprah was like in a little bit the connector between them and Tyler Perry. So Definitely. I think you're kind of getting like a two for one. You're getting Oprah and Tyler Perry. That's but fair. I, I also really love Beyonce. And I agree that maybe they would find peace if they took a page out of the Beyonce playbook. You know what? You might be smart because I think now I think. Oprah may have, I mean, Oprah may be, be, be the Beyonce connection too. Oh, I think okay. she's the one that people go to and she's yeah. just wheeling and dealing them to all the famous people that okay. they need to be connected to. All right. Thank you. Okay. You're I, correct. I have to say, I feel like overall this, this six parter just actually, I, I have more respect for Megan than I did before. I think that Megan is like really pursuing something. And like, I just think that she's, she's also like much smarter than I think I realized. And I, I wouldn't say I'd like necessarily fundamentally think of her. Actually, I take that back. I think I do think of her differently. I don't know. Like we just got a lot of Megan in a way that we never had before. And she clearly was so much more comfortable than she used to be when she was front and center. And so that was kind of interesting. I don't know. I think that's like my overall takeaways. I was like, okay, interesting. She's just also been through a lot of it. Ugh, horrible. Yeah. Before this doc, I did not love Megan. I didn't hate her. I was just kind of like, whatever. Cause I didn't know enough. After the first three parts, I was just like, ugh, like, I feel bad for her, but like, probably not my cup of tea. After the last three, I was just like, uh, okay, she went through some shit. Yeah. And I think a lot of the stuff I didn't like about her wasn't necessarily her fault. Like, in the first part, I didn't really get like, how did you not know how to be around his grandmother? How was that not a conversation? But you know whose fault that is? Harry. Harry. Not Megan. Yeah. yeah, not Megan. Like Harry set Megan up for failure by not really giving her the whole rundown of what being in his family would be like. So I don't think that's fair to hold Megan against that. The whole her not really understanding what it's like to be a black woman in America to me as as a mixed person, and I am also obviously mixed. I, I don't know if it's obvious. Sorry, I, I'm, I'm mixed. I could not understand that because like people were like, one of my friends who's from Canada was like, no, I mean, I had a similar experience where like 
race wasn't really a big issue. And I'm like, totally in your small town in Canada, I can totally understand that. She grew up in South LA during the nineties, during Rodney King race riots and lived with her black mother who was called the N word in front of her. It's really hard for me to understand how she did not like grasp what it is like for a black woman in the United States. That being said, then hearing her mom talk, I'm like, okay, well, seems like she set her up for failure there. If they never had a conversation about it and if nothing ever outwardly happened to Megan, or I'm sure there were a lot of microaggressions that she probably wasn't even aware of because she didn't even know that they, that those were things or, the, or a thing or that they existed. Because it seems like based off pictures, she grew up in a black neighborhood with her black mom, but she went to an all-white school. Most of her friends were white. So I'm sure she did experience it on some level and just was not aware of it, which mm. isn't the worst thing to grow up and feel equal and empowered and all that. I don't think that's the worst thing. But to send your daughter out into the world as an adult without like any knowledge seems crazy to me. But again, I don't know if I can hold that against Megan. I thought there was one a, a really weird moment in episode five where they're talking about the Oprah interview and she says that she was surprised at all that anyone wanted to talk about afterward was like the racism that she encountered. And I think that goes along with what you're saying, Callie. I was like, how was that a surprise? Like, I mean, I guess, you know, again, she was at like her, probably her lowest points in her life saying she, you know, was thinking about taking her own life, which was just tragic. But I guess I was still surprised that they were still surprised. That's like what the conversation was. Yeah. But even the conversation with like Harry and his family where they were just like, everyone goes through it, blah, 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 blah. I think she thought that like her being biracial was like a layer of it. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, it was like all of it. Yeah. It was the thing. Yeah. It it was the thing that made it so much worse for for you than it has for anybody else. So of course, that's what people are going to take away from it. Because had you been white, you guys are probably still there living the life and everything's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's true. Although I don't, I agree with that largely, although I do think he would have reached a breaking point. Maybe it would have taken a lot longer. Yeah. Cause he, as you, as we all talked about, like he just didn't seem happy. Yeah. Amanda, yeah. what, what's your final sort of, this is my change or I don't know. Did your perspective change? I don't want to ask you a leading question. No, it did. I, I agree with both of you that I left this with a changed and like more positive opinion of Megan. I think a lot of that is also, I I think that she is, she seems more comfortable in front of the camera. And I just also think like she's better at this. Like she's, she is good at this. And I don't mean that in a negative way or that like, like that performing is bad. Part of being a public figure is like, as being comfortable as Juliet said, and like being able to like to connect with people. And, and I, I was swayed by it. And on the flip side, I thought Harry just looked miserable and uncomfortable. And I, you know, I do tend to watch this in terms of like strategy and and why are you doing this a little bit? And I understood why she was doing it. And I I guess I understood why he was doing it, but I was still kind of bummed by it. And I just, it seems... My other takeaway is that he has a book coming out in like two weeks. And I just... And I guess I'm going to have to read all of it and I'm not looking forward to it. (laughs) That's, that's my other takeaway. (laughs) Is that ungenerous? 
No, that's how I feel too. I'd rather read her memoir. So I don't feel bad about it. But yeah, okay. I (laughs) do think in general, I like them both more afterwards. And I dislike the monarchy more afterwards. Yeah. Specifically William. I agree with you. Yeah. I I agree on, on both those counts. And I think I, I do think some of the just for myself, like reading some some reading a lot of articles about like how Britons think about the monarchy right now is just it's pretty interesting. It's like it, it I was thinking about this while watching the World Cup as well. And just like thinking about how the way that at least for me as, you know, as a, a white American, I learn about other countries is actually so different than how most people are currently living it of all, like of all races. Like, it's just like the way that we're taught about other cultures is so stagnant. And I think that like the, the issues and the culture in Britain now is just not, it's like not represented in a lot of the ways like we're taught. Although I will say, you know, like I watch like a ton of British TV and I do think British TV to some extent reflects it a lot better. And also I love British television. Mm -hmm. So there's that. (laughs) Well, we already know my thoughts. Any final thoughts on Meghan and Harry? Anything that just made you laugh? Callie, where are you on on M and H as nicknames? Absolutely not. Okay, thank you. Good. Yeah, agree. That, that might be that might be their most fireable offense. Yeah, agree. I just you, I, that's like a universal opinion. Like everyone but the people who participated in this documentary are like, what are you talking about? H is M so much harder to say than Harry. At, yeah, I was yeah. Say, H, M it's the H. Yeah. And, it, and I it's do like, like has, co- yes, has. yeah, I like has too. It's very British. Has. There you yeah, go. but the that. coordinated attempt to make H a thing is just like it's, <laughs> it's really not working for me. It's like fetch. Yeah, I also have not heard an opinion on this that differs from ours. Nobody likes it. Yeah, no, no. one likes it. It's it's a hard no. Yeah. Wait, one last thing, and this is like, I mean, it's so minor, but I was just like the thing that like sent me over the edge was their current press secretary or whatever the fuck his title was mm-hmm. giving information to Associated in this lawsuit. I was just like, that would be it for me. I would be done. There's Williams, no going back. Williams. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I agree with you. Yeah. Do I, I thought it was absolutely incredible that the last two things that you see after like six hours of this stuff are the like legally required statement from that guy being like I I don't I deny what they say and then the statement responding to the statement from them in text it's like they do this whole fairy tale thing and like love wins and blah 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 and then they like they still get caught up and the last shot that you see is this like back and forth I was like, come like this. This is well, this is so self-defeating. I understand why it happened. It probably because like legally, like I mean, legally they have to do it. And I doubt they got it in by the wire. So they just have to tack it on, tack it on at the end. But like, oh, what a mess. Also, the palaces, both Kensington and Buckingham Palace's statement on if they were contacted has like been updated like as many times as as days since the first three episodes came out. <laughs> What's it's the just, latest? The latest is that. Someone from Will's press uh-huh. office asked to see the documentary and they, I believe, were not given the footage, but they were asked to like, I think, you know, like fact checking type of questions and mm-hmm. they didn't respond. Believe that's the latest, but they, they are no longer saying that they were not reached out to. And they also are no longer saying that they were not 
that like went to like a random email address. Right. I thought the thing where they were like Netflix and R12 didn't respond. Mm-hmm. That was the last I heard. But so they did respond. I think they did. Yes. Okay. All right. I believe, yeah. I believe they did. It's okay. also it's also exhausting. I just I hope that everyone finds peace. Just like Megan Question. said. Question. Yeah. yeah. Question for both of you. Would you, if you were Megan, A, would you have been able to stay with him? Like before you even married him and all this shit was happening. Is that assuming I like kids? him to begin with? Yeah. So yeah. that's sort of the thing. <laughs> well, yeah. You're obviously you are thinking about this could be someone that you could marry. You're not engaged mm-hmm. yet. You're dating, but all this started happening before that, right? Yes. Yeah. Would you actively make the decision to be like, okay, I guess I'm I'm going all in with this. I'm going to have to spend holidays with these people. Or would you be like, this is a lot. No, thanks. There's other redheads. I think I, I probably, if I were Megan or if I were me, as Megan, obviously she goes for it. As me, I would Google the shit out of everyone I met, like, instantly I would go to the bathroom to like Google like the third cousin I just met and I'd be like holy shit I gotta go I think the answer is no also like I just think the royal life doesn't seem fun yeah I think it seems fun as a teenager and like a young person I I think when you're like dumb rich and like don't really have to do anything and can do whatever you want awesome the moment you're an adult and have to do all of this stuff and abide by all these rules and everything is controlled (sighs) I, I think they have an opportunity. Pictures. Mm. I just hate, hate it. I hate being in pictures, like having photographs taken. Like, Likewise. I, we wouldn't even make it to like the official announcement because like I got to go. <laughs> I got to do what? And there's another outfit and like, uh, uh, I just, it would be so, no, I couldn't do it. I was just thinking about me, myself, how I am today. And I was like, they would not like me. I won't post my kid's face on Instagram, yeah. let alone on the cover of a newspaper. Like right. you the lack of privacy for me makes me like itch. There's no way I would want to do that. And it just wouldn't be healthy for me, I don't think. Yeah. I do think for them. I think they have a bigger opportunity. I think they have an opportunity to make a bigger impact than they did as Royals now. It depends on how they use it. But like, I do think the sort of the the charitable life of a Royal is definitely very real and they take their charities really seriously. I think Harry makes that clear. But I just think that like, you can't do anything remotely political or, or like, controversial. And so if they decide they want to, you know, align, like, you know, seeing Megan talk about Black Lives Matter when she gives the women in, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. and women, like, and I think that as, you know, a working royal, it would have been like really, like, it would have been, it's sick that it would have been scandalous for her to give that commencement address that she gave to her high school where like, and so I do think she had, they have the opportunity to like have a bigger impact on causes that seem to really matter to them. So I hope they use it. And it seems like they're they're definitely trying to. I, I also like, we mentioned this last week, but I think Archetypes, Megan's podcast is a really well-made pod. Like I would, and I would like recommend people check it out. I, I think some of the women she talks to are, are really fascinating. And one of them is Mariah Carey, who's yeah, one of my Mariah favorite Carey's living humans. Tremendous. And I have to say, I, I'm not a huge Mindy Kaling fan, but many of my friends were like, it's a really good interview about like women and ambition. So, you know, and I think like she's using the platform. Yeah. And have, yeah, having kids without a partner and yeah. yeah. And I didn't listen to that. So I'm not sure how I knew that, but I read something somewhere that's okay. <laughs> that yeah. Maybe, maybe saw, <laughs> you saw, saw it on TikTok. Saw a TikTok clip. That's probably, probably what it was. The other thing I would like to give a nod to Megan, since I think, you know, a lot of people were slash are anti Megan in this. I didn't really understand why they did this documentary outside of money. 
But then, and I was like, who's advising them? This is not great. And then by the end of it, I was like, good idea. I feel completely different about Megan. Yeah. I really do appreciate that. Like you, you know how you just said the Royals take their charities seriously. Seems like Megan did before she even met Harry. And I thought that was awesome. Yeah. And also to that point, who's making their decisions? Amanda and I have talked about this for years. I now think that Megan is very much making many of their decisions. Yes. And (laughs) cool. As long as they're happy with them and they can live with it. That's that's great. One last thing, please. Love wins. (laughs) I can't. I'm sorry. We just need to acknowledge love wins was like the sort of the slogan or not slogan, but sort of like the LGBTQ slogan. Rally and cry. Rally and cry when Obama's administration got the Marriage Equality Act initially passed. That's not the name of it. I apologize. But to take that for her text messages and then for her wedding, I just was like, are we just acknowledging, just like ignoring where this phrase came from? But whatever. You brought it up, Callie. I had to mention it. I thought it was a good note to end on. Yeah. I do think their love story is real. I think both of you do too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm happy for them. I love love, so... I don't know. You know, that's my phrase. I'm going to end all my text messages with I love love. (laughs) (laughs) This has been our last jam session of 2022. Thank you, Callie. Thank you to our producer, Jade Whaley. Thank you all for listening. We'll be back in January. Have to talk about Harry's book again. Happy New Year. I need someone to like read that to me. Okay. Happy New Year, everybody. 